Some of you are new to Jesus, new to Christianity. This is your first time in church in a while. And what did happen on that holy night? Um, what that song is pointing to, like what's the significance of that night? That's the question we're asking. And so I recognize that this could be maybe the first time that you've been in church in a very long while. And so I wanna get to the heart of it. What, what is at the heart of the Christmas story? Together, I want us to ask, why should we care about that holy night? Why should we care about the birth of Jesus? Why does it matter so much? Did you know that time is measured by the birth of Jesus? Have you ever sat back and asked yourself why we call this year 2023? It's random. Why, why 2023? Well, this is 2,023 years, give or take a few, from what event? Well, of course, from the birth of Jesus. Historical events are measured by how close or far they are to the birth of Jesus. B.C., before Christ. A.D., Anno Domini, which is year of our Lord. Think about it. The year of your birth marks how many years you were born after Jesus was born. I was born in 1980, so that is 1,980 years after Jesus. From the moment of my birth, my life is defined in relation to Jesus. 1980 A.D., Anno Domini, year of our Lord. Why would we measure time according to the birth of Jesus? What is so significant about this moment that the entire world measures its time in accordance with that date? Why should we care about the birth of Jesus? So let's start to find an answer with none other than Mr. Grinch. And just, we all know that Mr. Grinch hated Christmas. No one knew exactly why, but Dr. Seuss writes this, quote, it could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Little heart. His heart was too small. Feels like my own heart, right? Too small. In the past, I've blamed the Grinch when I've watched the little movie for the state of his heart. He did it to himself, I think, right? Maybe he was starving for love. He had a hungry heart for love, for friendship, for hope, for community, something. The Grinch lived with this hungry heart. In the words of Bruce Springsteen, everybody's got a hungry heart. If, if we could be honest, if you could be honest, what are you longing for? What are you hungry for? Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones remind us that we just can't get any satisfaction. Though I try, and I try, and I try, can't get no. Yeah. So we have hungry hearts, and we've got no satisfaction. This, this sums up our secular age. Hungry hearts, always searching, desiring, seeking, longing. 
But in the words of you two, we still haven't found what we're looking for. But, but what if? What if what you and I are looking for showed up, as wild as this might sound, that what you and I are actually hungry for, longing for, searching for, showed up in a little town called Bethlehem? Let me say it this way. What if who you and I are looking for was born 10,000 kilometers away over 2,000 years ago in a small town called Bethlehem? Bethlehem. Uh, tonight, I'm just, this afternoon, I'm going to focus on that word, Bethlehem. A small town 10 kilometers south of Jerusalem. You might know it from the little song we sung moments ago. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. In the dark streets of this little town shines an everlasting light? Really? I believe that if you, and I, if you and I could understand this town and the little child coming from this small town, that we would find what we're hungry for, that we would find what we're looking for. The name Bethlehem means house of bread. In Hebrew, Beth means house or place. Lahem means bread or food. So Bethlehem can mean house of bread or a place of food, a fitting name for this town will somehow feed the world. A child coming from this house of bread will have the capacity to feed a hungry world, a world starving for meaning, starving for hope, for purpose, for love. And if you're starving for those things, I'm glad you're here. And 10,000 kilometers away and 2,000 years ago in this small town called House of Bread, Jesus was born. Listen to the moment. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Jesus, born in place of food, born in house of bread. Bethlehem, a small town, but it punches above its weight. Did you notice that the passage mentions Bethlehem as the town of David? Who's David? Well, some of you know that this is the hometown of, of God's people's greatest king, King David. And some of you, if you've read the Bible, might know the story of a woman named Ruth. And her, sto her story happens, it's the epicenter is in the town of Bethlehem and Ruth becomes the great grandmother of King David. And some of you will remember a prophet named Samuel who was looking for a king and he finds young David in Bethlehem and anoints him as a king. And this town would not only be the birthplace of a great king, the great King David, but would be the place where a prophet named Micah said, 
a king would one day come, a new king, a great king would one day come, and writing 600 years, North Langley, 600 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Micah writes this, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small amongst, among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. This prophecy about a king, a king who would guide us, who would lead us to truth. He'd show us how to live, and then he'd sacrifice his own life for his people. A king who rules with grace and truth. Are you hungry for that kind of leader? For that kind of king? Do you have a hunger for truth? For someone who will show you a path, who will give you a blueprint for life, who will show you a way to live, so often I feel lost. I need, a I need a path, I need a way to live. And there's a king who's come and loves us enough to point us to truth. My experience of our secular world is that we're lost, we're polarized, we're self-seeking, we're angry, and we are in desperate need of someone, a king, who could show us true life. What does that true life look like? If, you're, if you've come hungry for a way and a path and a blueprint of, of what a true life could look like, then I'm glad you're here. Now, not only does Bethlehem give us a king, but from this little town, we receive a savior. Just outside Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching sheep and they were frightened by an angel that showed up and said this to them. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. In house of bread, place of food, Bethlehem, a savior has been born. Jesus is not just a king, he's a savior. Do you need to be saved? Do you feel deep within you this longing to be saved, to be rescued, to be healed? What does he save us from exactly? Well, the Bible goes on to say it's from our sin. Our sin that Matthew, when I, when I look up the core of my own life, I find lots of things that I know should not be there. Things I've done, things I've said. And I need forgiveness of sin. And the story of Jesus is one where he would eventually give up his life and that somehow on this cross as he sheds his own blood, he would somehow be forgiving us of sin. What if that's true? Do you hunger for a new start, a fresh start? Do you, do you have this deep desire to see your guilt and your shame removed healed, forgiven? If you saw a ledger of all of the things you've done, the mistakes, the things you've done to others, the sins, if I saw a ledger of all of that in my life, what, 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 if, what if that ledger could be wiped clean? Like what if that could happen? You don't tonight need to believe that that could happen. All I'm wondering is if, what if? 
Like what if this story is true? that you could have a fresh start, a new beginning, no longer living under the crushing weight of guilt and shame. Is that not what your heart and my heart longs for? A fresh start, a savior. Finally, not only is Jesus king and savior, but he's God. The angel said to Joseph, they will call him, that's Jesus, Emmanuel which means God with us. So that somehow when I'm near Jesus, I'm near God. That Jesus would somehow be God with us. And think of how beautiful that is. That the God who made you, the God who made you, the great craftsman, the artist who formed you and gave you everything that makes you wonderful. He created you, he gave you life, the God who loves you, that that God would want to be close to you. See, I, there, oftentimes I don't believe that. I see, I th what I think is that God wants to pull away from me. Maybe God wants to push me away. But God doesn't wanna push me away. God doesn't want to push you away. God longs to be close to you, Emmanuel, near you, near you, so he can pour his love upon you and pour his mercy upon you and pour his grace upon you and his forgiveness upon you and his entire life upon you, that you would know that you're loved by the great artist who formed you and made you. Like, what if that is true? That God came near you and I on that first Christmas night what if a child born in house of bread, in place of food, in Bethlehem, would feed us what our souls are longing for? To know that the God of the universe wants to be near me. Again, what if that's true? What if that is what our hungry hearts have been longing for our entire life? to know that kind of love. Writing at the end of the fourth century, St. Augustine prayed, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. What if my heart is restless and will be restless until it finds its rest in the love of God? What if my heart truly won't be satisfied until I see, until I know, until I comprehend that I have a king who loves me to show me a way, who loves me and shed his own blood that I'd be forgiven and who wants to be near me. This is who Jesus is. This is why the history of the world revolves around this little child. This is how I'm fed. This is how my hungry heart is satisfied. Jesus told a group of his followers that they would one day eat bread that would satisfy them for life. Jesus' followers said, sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I'm the bread, says Jesus. Come to me, 
says Jesus. Come to me with your hunger. Are you hungry? Come. Taste me, says Jesus. Taste me. A secular age that is hungry and cannot get satisfaction and who still hasn't found what it's looking for and who lives with a growing ache at the core of their soul with a heart that is two sizes, too small, is invited to come and taste Jesus, to taste the bread of life. So I'd love to welcome you to come and taste more of who Jesus is. We have a course that my wife and I love here at our church called the Alpha Course. And it's starting in the new year. It's just eight weeks long. And for any of you who find yourself, um, and you label yourself maybe atheist, agnostic, maybe you're on a spiritual search, maybe it's been a long time since you've been in church, and, you're, and you just have some questions, we would love for you to come. Alpha is for you. It's eight weeks long. It's on a Wednesday night starting January 24th. We get together. We watch some videos and share a meal together and have a great time of discussion. And we ask questions like, is there more to life than this? Who's Jesus? Why did Jesus have to die? Who's the Holy Spirit? We ask lots of questions and we listen to one another over a meal. And there's childcare. Woo woo. <laughs> Free meal, childcare. Sounds good. And also, we're really excited that on Thursday nights, so this is, we're, we're offering a new Alpha course. So our normal Alpha will be on Wednesday in English. But on Thursday, for any of you who speak Mandarin or have a friend who speaks Mandarin, we're offering our very first Chinese Alpha. And we're super excited about it. So please let your friends know or family members know. But this is an opportunity to seek and to learn more about the bread of life. It's an opportunity to just ask the question, is this true? Because if it's true, I would want to know that. I would want to experience that. I want to end with a little bit of a story from my own life, what happened to me the other day, but melancholy is my middle name. And it's not hard for me to ponder the emptiness of life more often than I should. The other day I thought about how empty life can be. I thought about wars, the polarization, consumerism, the destruction of the planet, the emptiness of holidays, the pain of addiction across our city, the emptiness of relationships, the emptiness we feel around jobs, hobbies, sports, travel, exercise. There are days where I sit back and go, it's meaningless. It's pretty easy for me to get to that place of melancholy. But then, and I promise I mean this, I'll stop and I'll think about Jesus. And I just think about him. And I think about his truth. And I think about his love. And I think about his offer of life. And I think about those hands that are pierced out of great love for me, that the ledger of the sins of my life would be wiped clean. And I think about his longing to be near me. And then I have hope. It's only Jesus that has the power to move in deep into Matthew's life and to pour hope deep within me. 
So I find St. Augustine's prayer to be true. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. North, North Langley, listen again to Jesus. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So I end with this. What if in that little town in Bethlehem, house of bread, place of food, what if a king, a savior, and God himself has come? And what if he can feed the world? And what if he can feed you? Will you take and eat and be satisfied? Merry Christmas, friends. The bread of life is here.